Welcome to another episode of How You Can Too with your host, your boy, Alvy, aka Danny, aka Mr. You Can Too. Have a really dope show for y'all today. I'm diving into what is health? It's a subject that continually changes and is growing so much and there's ideas everywhere on what it is to be healthy and what health is overall. And what I do today is really dive into my definition of health, the four pillars of health, and giving you different ways that you can incorporate them all into your life in a synergistic fashion so that you can be the best you possible and be able to live a life that is healthy joyous and fulfilling if you love this episode please 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 share it with your friends family and loved ones leave a review and a five-star rating and if there's any way that i can be of service of you please feel free to hit me up you know how to find me on instagram jump on the website shoot me an email i would love to connect have an amazing powerful day and as always remember you can too Enjoy the show. Man, you ever look back at your journey and just laugh and smile about how much you've evolved and how much you've overcame and everything that you got to change in your life? Something that's coming up for me right now that I really want to talk about is how within my own evolution, I've realized that my definition of health has also evolved and continues to evolve up to this day and I imagine for the rest of my life. It's funny because so many people that I speak with and also the narratives that I see out in social media and regular media and from all other aspects of life, people have a very interesting idea of what health is. To me, this view of health is typically very short-sighted and only speaks to one piece of the puzzle. I make up that most people think that health is strictly a physical thing, that it's dictated by how we exercise, how we train, how we eat, what we eat, when we eat, our quality of sleep overall movement, level of fitness, how fast you can run a mile, how much weight you can lift. While all of these are aspects of health, they're very limited in their view. And in my in my opinion, it's the only part of health that's regularly talked about. As I look back at my journey, I used to have that same exact mindset around health, that it was only that in its physical form. And as I've grown throughout my life and in my career, as my view and how I embodied health has grown, it's shown up in how I also work with clients and anybody who is, you know, following me or listening to the things that I'm talking about. And now to me, I use Paul check, who is one of my mentors and 
the person I look to as like the authority when it comes to many things and especially health. And Paul defines health as taking responsibility for oneself. I'll say that one more time. Paul defines health as taking responsibility for oneself. And when I first heard that, I thought it was so profound. On the outside, it seems so very big and even vague, potentially. However, to me, it is so spot on. And to go a little deeper into that, I've realized that in order to take care of oneself or in order to take care of myself and in order to have the highest levels of health that I can, I get to focus on these four different pillars of health. The physical, like we talked about, the mental, the emotional, and the spiritual. And the thing is, all of these aspects of health work synergistically, meaning if you work on all of them, they all improve the quality of the others. So, for instance, a lot of have you ever had this experience where you do a workout, you crush it, you feel great about it, you look in the mirror, you love what you see because you just got that workout in, you feel more at ease, you might be happier, right? Emotionally, you might be feeling like free. You're thinking about your thoughts are just more clear, the more positive. Those are examples of how they all work synergistically. Think about it. You went to the gym or to the park. You got your workout in. And now the way that you think about yourself, right, the mental aspect of it, completely different. It's in a positive manner. Versus if you don't get that workout in, how is it that you may be beating yourself up? What are your thoughts about yourself? Night and day difference. Same thing. You feel emotionally at ease, feeling a sense of peace, a sense of calm. Whereas on those times where maybe you're not getting your workout in or you're on the cusp of like not having enough time to go do it, you might start to feel anxious. You might start to feel your heart racing a little bit. You might start, you know, feel your stomach, you know, turning a little bit. You know, that's that, that's that, the emotions being triggered. And that changes how we experience life. So what I'd like to do right now is go through and define each of these pillars of health, what they look like, some of the aspects of them, and how you can incorporate it into your day-to-day. So the first one, we'll talk about physical health. This, to me, is one that is very important. It's one we think of first. And typically, it's the most overrated because most people experience it as the end-all, be-all of health. So when we're talking about physical health, we're talking about the importance of nutrition. So eating nutrient-dense foods, foods that are high in vitamins and minerals. Because at the end of the day, food is information or nutrition is information for your body. So in order for your body to be signaled that it's ready to optimally function, by giving it the food 
that it requires, all of the minerals, the nutrients, all the great stuff it requires, well, now it's primed and ready to go out there and do that thing. So food is super important. And when it comes to food, my number one philosophy is that the quality of the food matters most. I don't care if someone's eating a paleo diet, a carnivore diet, a vegan diet, South Beach diet, whatever diet is hot right now. If the quality of the food is not at the highest form that you can afford, then you're doing yourself a huge disservice. So focus on the quality first. When eating animal products, especially because animals, just like human beings like us, we hold our toxins in our fat. So if you're eating an unhealthy animal, well, all of their toxins are going to be ingested by you. And essentially, it's not going to be great for you. Where on the opposite end, if you're eating a healthy animal, there's so many good things in their fat that you're getting, like the CLA, the vitamin A, the K2. And then not only that, all of the, the B vitamins and the other nutrition that are in this animal are going to be much higher and it's going to give your body the that same energy and vitality that you want to go out and perform at your best. It's going to impact all of your organs. And that's a big reason why I'm a huge fan of having organ meats in your diet, which I'll touch on on another episode and go deep. Easiest way to think about this is when you're eating a quality grass-fed, grass-finished animal organ. Whatever organ you're eating, think that the vitamins and minerals that are in that organ are going to be good for your corresponding organ. So if you're eating beef liver, it's going to be good for your liver. If you're eating beef heart, you're getting things like CoQ10 in really great amounts that are good for your heart. Same thing with brain and spleen and all of these other parts of the animal. So keep that in mind. When we're talking about fruits and vegetables, you want to be eating the highest quality that you can. So I'll say with the caveat, you know, it doesn't always have to be organic per se. If it has an outer covering, like say an avocado, a plantain, you know, orange, those things, you know, maybe getting sprayed with all of the the chemicals, yet you're not necessarily ingesting that. However, if you can get those organic, I highly still recommend to do that. Yet, when it comes to the fruits and vegetables or anything that you eat the skin of, you want it to be organic for many reasons. One, to avoid to avoid all of the insecticides, fungicides, pesticides, all of these rodenticides, all of these things that are sprayed onto the fruits and vegetables so that corresponding bugs, insects, pests, rodents, whatever, don't come in and eat it, right? It essentially keeps them away. I don't care how much you clean it. You can clean it as much as you want. There's still going to be some effect of the poison that was on there. And it might not disturb you right away or at least tangibly you may not be able to feel it but think about the toxic load amongst all the other things you may be consuming and then how that adds up meal after meal day after day 
year after year and then you know you get into your 40s 50s 60s whatever and start to gain these lifestyle diseases a lot of times it seems like these things come out of nowhere however it's from the culmination of a lot of ineffective things that we're doing up to that point and that's the way you can think about it with food so focus on the highest quality possible that's huge from the physical side we're also talking about hydration in the same way we talk about quality food quality water is of the utmost importance it, it can be tough to get great quality especially probably not from the tap because there's so much stuff that's put into the water like there's so many studies out there that showed that local tap water has been tested and have high amounts of fluoride in it, have small amounts of pharmaceutical drugs found in them, not to mention different like waste and toxins that that are still there and aren't purified through. I, I also highly recommend not drinking from water bottles. Me personally, I try to stay away from as much plastic consumption as I can so that's one reason and then also whenever this water that's in these plastic bottles if that bottle gets heated whether it's in a hot truck it's in the sun the different BPA and different chemicals from that bottle are now getting leached into your water and now you're drinking all this plastic and again it might be unintended you might not feel the effect right then but it's another thing that adds up that can definitely be avoided so if you live in a place where you can get local spring water, go for that. There's a website called findaspring.com where you can see who has fresh spring water around you. Something that I like to do is I purify my water with a, a product or with a, a system called AquaTrue. Uh, super dope. I love it. I've had it for a few years now. And it has the reverse osmosis and the charcoal filter and all these different things to really clean it out. However, if you are purifying your water in any way, you want to make sure you're adding some pink salt or some sea salt back into it to remineralize your water. Because like most filtration processes, you're not only taking the bad stuff out, you're inevitably taking out good stuff too. So let's make sure if you are, um, you know, purifying your water at home, you're remineralizing it in that way. Also, with hydration, you want to make sure you are drinking enough water. Water is involved in literally every single chemical reaction in our body. So if you're not giving your body enough water, you're not allowing it to go through all of the chemical processes that it needs to function at its highest level. Uh, easy rule of thumb for water, you want to be drinking at least half of your body weight in ounces of water and I'm talking about pounds so depending on where you're listening to we're, we're talking about in pounds so if you weigh 200 pounds you want to aim for minimum 100 ounces of water now what I tell my professional athletes and even I aim for I aim for at least my body weight in ounces of water so if I weigh 240 pounds I'm going for 240 ounces of water, which is just under two gallons. And I feel a noticeable difference in myself when I'm getting that level of hydration in. So think about how much water you're getting in 
and are you hitting at least that halfway mark? And let the record show we're talking water. So if you're drinking another liquid that is mixed with something else or that essentially is anything more than water, it doesn't count. And Paul Check says <laughs> an awesome quote that I'll never forget. He's probably got this from somebody else, but I don't know who he got it from. But it says, the solution to pollution is dilution. The solution to pollution is dilution. So think about, you know, if we're not breathing the best air all the time, depending on where you live, especially a big city. Um, say if your food still has things in it that aren't ideal, that can be toxic at low levels, you know, all these different things. The best way you dilute these things is through good quality water and enough of it. So make sure you're getting that in. On the physical side, sleep. Sleep is huge. Sleep is how you recover and you bounce back. All of your growth hormone and like sex hormones and everything are regenerated at the highest level when you're at your deep sleep. So not only is the length of your sleep super important, but so is the quality of it. And there's so many ways to make sure that you have great sleep. A couple little nuggets I'll throw in here now. We'll go into a whole episode just on sleep. One avoid blue light at night whether you have flux or you're putting your phone on night vision and all of that like that stuff's good um but to be optimal like get blue blocking glasses with like the with the red tints on them and all that there's so many brands out there ray optics is fire uh swannies are fire um true dark another great brand you know, you can look into any of those, see which one fits your, your style and your budget. But understand that if your body is getting blue light, your your brain recognizes it almost like it's sunlight. So it actually tricks your body into thinking that like you're still awake, right? Or you still need to be awake. And it doesn't allow you to secrete melatonin, which is the natural hormone that allows us to go to sleep okay and I'm, I'm sure some of you maybe have experimented with melatonin products understand melatonin if you're not producing it yourself and you're taking it in supplemental form it's okay to do time to time but understand that your body is not going to produce it on its own if you're taking it in supplement form so make sure that you are taking the time to Get away from your blue light. So that means the TV, the iPad, you know, your your iPhone, your Android, whatever it is. Like, power those down. Get those away. Another easy one, turn off your Wi-Fi at night. Make sure your bedroom is nice and cool. I like to keep mine at 70. If it was up to me, it'd be at like 68. But, you know, I got my, my girlfriend to keep in consideration as well, so. What I do to hack that, I got a little chili pad that I put on my side of the bed that cools down my body temperature even more. But being cool is huge. Honestly, sleeping naked is huge. That helps a lot. And then I would also say, make sure that your room is as dark as possible. Ideally, pitch black. Make sure all the little tiny like lights that might be like shining through, whether it's from like, your smoke detector, 
something that's plugged into an outlet. Like get all those little lights out of there because they affect your sleep. And breathing. Breathing is key to physical health. Focusing on all different types of breaths, whether it is box breaths, whether it's a four, six, eight breath, whether it's deep breathing into your stomach and your sides and your lower back and slowly exhaling out. Focusing on your breath has a profound, profound impact on your physical health. So nutrition, hydration, breathing, sleeping, and also movement, consistently moving every day. If you can get the equivalent of 10,000 steps in a day, that's amazing. If you can incorporate strength training, make sure you have good form, that's amazing. If you're focusing on you know, squatting, hinging, pushing, pulling, twisting, bracing, you're right, planks, things like that, all of those are going to positively impact your physical health. So let's get all of those in. Huge. And I feel like most of those y'all have heard about, so that shouldn't sound anything new. Second aspect of health, mental health. I'm actually really encouraged because I feel like mental health is now being talked about as a necessity. It's not taboo anymore. It's not this weird thing. Like we're, we're understanding how the better our mental health is, the better our overall health is. And I feel like the, to me, the simplest way to think about mental health is your thinking, right? How are you thinking, not only on a day-to-day basis, but really like a moment-to-moment basis? Because as human beings, I don't even know what the number is, but literally we have like, I think it's something crazy, like tens if not hundreds of thousands of thoughts a day, whether they're, they're a combination of conscious and unconscious. Understand that your thoughts are literally just thoughts. And to me, it's not even like negative thoughts that I think are are detrimental for our health. It's really the judgments that we make based off of our thoughts are what can get us in trouble. At the end of the day, thoughts are going to come up. And how we embody those thoughts, whether we say that they're true, whether we say that they're untrue, either one can can really create our outlook and our perspective in life. If I'm constantly thinking that people are out to get me, then the actions that I take or like my reality may end up portraying that. If I, if, if I'm, if I'm say, if you're a woman and you're dating and you're saying that every man is trash that thinking may create a reality where all the men like you're, you're not, you're not giving space for a man to be anything but trash. So understand how thoughts in general can actually like box, box other people and things and yourself in, and you're not creating a space where it can be anything else, you know, understanding like, Hey, what's fact versus what's my interpretation of the fact. For example, say say a car accident happens. If I'm with my friend, I witness a car accident. 
there's gonna I'm gonna have my own thoughts about the car accident. My friends gonna have a thoughts of the car accident. The person who got hit is gonna have his thoughts, and then the other person who hit that person is gonna have you know her own thoughts. The fact of the matter is, there's a car accident. What happened in the interpretation of it? There's gonna be four different ones, right? It doesn't mean that one is a fact. The only fact is that a car accident happened. I use that that example to show that there's so many things that I make up that are happening. And I'm sure you have your version of it where if I'm not careful, I make up a whole story, all these narratives about what's going on. When in reality, there's just the fact. And then anything outside of that is my interpretation of it. And if my, and my interpretation can be what gets me like super anxious upset right and can bring on all these different types of emotions which we'll get into next so i want you to think about this next time you're thinking about your mental health or you're getting in a situation where you are creating a story or a narrative a simple thing you can do is ask yourself is this true because oftentimes we create this whole story in our head and we don't even ask ourselves like, wait, is this actually true? We just believe it because, you know, it's coming from myself. So why wouldn't it be great? <laughs> so that's something to keep in mind is, is this true? And a second one you can use is, says who? You're creating a story, something comes up. Yeah. Yeah. Eating eating meat is bad. Well, says who? Or exercising with weights is dangerous. Says who? Where did you get that from? When you can take a deep dive and really understand where maybe some of your thinking comes from, you might realize it comes from a parent, a close friend, some authority figure, some celebrity you know, somebody at, you know, your, your deacon, your, your rabbi, whoever, right? So, so like, look deeper, like who says who? That's an, that's a great way to check your thoughts and see like, is it true or not? Because once you can get your mental in a great grounded place, I believe it really opens up a lot of opportunity in your life. And it, it allows you to be very objective and look at things from a bird's eye view and maybe not have to internalize it and, and potentially beat yourself up about a certain thought that you're having. And when it comes to thoughts, a quote that's always resonated with me is from Henry Ford. And he said, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. That is to say that your thoughts may very well dictate your actions. If you're thinking positively or you're thinking that something's attainable and you believe it, you'll go after it. However, if your thoughts are around not being good enough, I don't matter, I can't do it, it's not possible, well, shit, you're never even going to try. So your mental is so, so, so important. 
and it really shows up in all aspects of your health. So really dive in and see like, what are your thoughts? What are you thinking? And are those things facts or are they your interpretation? Start with that, see what comes up for you. Third pillar of health, emotional health. Huge, 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 huge. At the end of the day, emotions are energy in motion, right? Emotions are energy in motion. So let's unpack this a little bit. Oftentimes, your emotions have physical feelings to them. Think about how you feel when you're angry. Heartbeat, heart rate goes up. You might feel some tensing in parts of your body, flexing. Might be experiencing a little bit of rage. Probably can't think clearly. If you have charged up emotions like that and you don't know how to correctly work with it so that anything that's stuck starts to move freely again, man, you're, you're putting yourself in, in a tough position. And I've been there. I used to be like that super, super, super angry kid and really young adult. I mean, I, and shoot, I can get mad now still if I'm not careful. And oftentimes, like these emotions that we feel, a lot of times it comes from a certain core value of ours not being met. For example... One of my biggest core values is keeping your word and me keeping my word. So when someone doesn't keep their word to me, say they tell me they're going to do something and then they don't do it. Well, now that that core value was, was, was hurt, was troubled. Now I might get angry. I might get upset. And like, I can physically feel that in my body. And if I allow that thing to stay there and then I let the next stressor pile on top of that and then I start to, say, worry about something in the future and now I'm getting anxious and I don't know how to work on that, all of these are going to have an impact on my mental health and my physical health and my spiritual health. I think one of the most important things we can do for emotional health is, one, be able to to see and have the awareness that like, oh, I'm experiencing a, a specific emotion. If you're angry, experience your anger. However, don't get lost in it. Don't go down the rabbit hole of all these thought patterns. It just gets more and more and more and more angry. Like, no, like experience it. Check in which value or values of yours weren't being met in that moment. And then from there, right, like what needs weren't met. And then from there, make a request. Make a request from the person, the entity, the people. So that that person can be on the same page as you, right? Or potentially you can can get what it is that, that you might have been searching for. And when I say experience your emotions, the reason why that's so important is because if you're 
the type of person who just, you experience something, you try to stuff it down. You experience another thing, you try to put it away, stuff it down. Another trauma comes up, stuff it down. Every time you stuff it down, those things just keep piling up, piling up, piling up. And before you know it, you are going to explode. And explosions are not are not pretty. And I've been there before. I, I used to, you know, try to hold hold everything in, you know, try to say like I didn't need any help, don't need any support, nothing's wrong. And then, you know, something would happen that was like the last straw. And now I'm I'm cussing somebody out. Or when I was younger, it might have turned into a, a physical fight. And it's not effective. It's dangerous, actually. So if you are feeling some type of emotion like that, breathe into it. Be able to look at it from a bird's eye view, experience it, label it, understand what it is. And then from there, breathe. Breathing is another crucial tool to managing your emotions, especially when you're really mad, upset. Because a lot of times when we get upset, our emotions get the best of us, we stop breathing. And when you're not breathing, you're putting stress on your body. Tell yourself that it's okay physiologically by breathing. By being able to take breaths slowly in, slowly out, it literally creates the space for your mind, your body, and your soul to be like, okay, like, it's going to be all right. You're not in this, like, immense danger. So use that breath as a tool. And we talked about it as a physical tool, and it's also an emotional tool. Absolutely. So experience your emotions. Don't get lost in them. And use the tools to bring you back to equilibrium. So important. The final pillar, and to me, the most important pillar that I want to talk on is spiritual health. To me, spirituality or spiritual health is connecting to something that is bigger than myself. For some people, it's God. For some people, it's religion. For some people, it's the universe. Whatever it is for you, as long as it's allowing you to connect to something that's bigger than yourself, now you got something to anchor into. Spiritual health for some people can be connected to their big dream, your big why, that thing you're so passionate about in life or in the world that it will allow you to work on yourself and show up so powerfully to actually have it happen. And to me, spiritual health allows me to make sure that all my actions are dream affirmative. So I'm committed to creating a world that's healthy, connected, creative, purposeful, and loving. And my dream is for people to live a a healthy, joyous, fulfilling life. 
So I make sure that I'm doing all these things for myself so that I can show up in life, whether it's for myself, my family, my friends, clients, or random people, I get to show up as my best self and, and show up as a positive light. If I'm getting stuck in my head or if I'm getting stuck in my emotions or like physically I'm just nitpicking at something, all of that's going to take away from my spirituality. And I have a lot of practices that I do on a really a day-to-day basis that allows me to build my, my spiritual muscles. One of them, which y'all see a lot on my Instagram stories, is my gratitude practice. Gratitude allows me to appreciate and give thanks for all of the amazing things that are going on in my life and even the, the, the tough things that are providing amazing lessons in my life. I think it's really easy to focus on the negative and get super upset with the state of the world, the state of the country, with politics, race relations. There's so many things to get upset about. And to me, gratitude is the number one tool that allows me to be grounded and really have joy for what is. So I highly recommend having a gratitude practice of your own, whether that's in the form of journaling, you know, whether it's just saying it out loud, it's prayer. Having a gratitude practice is huge. A second one I like to do is meditate. I love to sit still. You know, I'm not, you know, sitting cross-legged, you know, palms open, um, you know, lotus position when I do it. And I don't think it needs to be that. But I do think having a stillness practice where you dedicate five to 10 minutes to sit in silence can be really, really powerful and allow whatever comes up to come up and let it pass and go right back into whatever your focal point was or is, excuse me. So if you're focal point during your meditation is your breath let your focus be on say feeling the air going in your nostrils and then the sensation of the air leaving your nostrils and continue to be there the second that a thought comes up or you attach to a thought which is inevitable because we're human beings The second that that thought comes up, notice it. Be like, okay, there's that thought. Let it go by like a cloud in the sky. And then boom, go right back to your anchor point. That sensation of the air going in the nostrils and out. Do this for 5, 10, 20, however amount of time you want. And just continue being focused on coming back to the focal point. Because every time that you leave your focal point and you come back to it, that's a rep. You leave, you come back, another rep. You leave, you come back, another rep. You keep getting stronger and stronger in your meditation practice. It's just like being a basketball player taking free throws. If if you lose your focal point and you come back 100 times, well, shit, you just took 100 free throws and now you're that much better of a free throw throw shooter 
or you're that much better of a meditator. So I think meditation is absolutely key. And I'll give you one more for, for spiritual health, a way to practice it. Get outside in nature, connecting to this bigger world. Like, look around you. Look at how much is around you, the vastness of the world and, like, how small of a part you are. Important part, but a small part of, like, the bigger thing. You know, I'll never forget when I was in Kambutal for my first Runga retreat. And, man, we're, you know, it's like the southern tip of Panama, like, away. There's no lights like that. There's no, it's not a city. And it was nighttime. And I go out on the beach and I look up. And I was astounded by the amount of stars I saw. Like, I don't, like, I didn't know anything about, like, astrology like that. But I'm looking around and, like, you know, I'm like, oh, there's the Big Dipper. There's Orion's Belt. Oh, that's what a shooting star looks like. Like, it's crazy. And it reminded me of how small I am. Or really just even how small the planet is. And it, and it really grounded me, humbled me, and excited me at the same time. Of like, man, there's just so much, so much universe, so much world to, to be a part of. And it, it really took all of my problems and like just shrunk them down in size. So getting out in nature is huge. Like get your bare feet into the ground, like, you know, deposit, you know, those negative electrons out, like get the positive ions in. If you got water around you, like, you know, get next to that ocean, that river, that lake, that pond, man, like see what type of sounds you hear, feel the wind on your body. Like all of that is extremely therapeutic and great for your spiritual health. Highly recommend it. And overall, I would say when it comes to all four of these pillars, the physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, practice all of them in some capacity daily. Because if you work on all of them, it's going to have a, a profound exponential impact on your health where you are going to feel amazing, look amazing, like be in awe of everything that life has to offer. And it's so much more advantageous to work on all four than to just go ham on only one. So if like right now you have a deep spiritual practice, but say you're not getting that much like physical work in, like get those walks in. You know what I'm saying? Lift some heavy things because that's going to be amazing for you. If you find yourself only like going in, going to the gym six days a week and counting your macros and all that good stuff, but you're not getting good sleep, like, yo, add some sleep to that. Get some journaling in. See where your mental's at. How are you experiencing your thoughts? Create that awareness. All of it is going to have a profound impact on how you experience life. And honestly, this is how my life has grown. And I was in that mode where like my health was purely about the physical. And I didn't realize how much my mental, emotional, and spiritual health were lacking. But it's funny. It's like I had the workout part on lock. And once I added the nutrition and I started eating nutrient-dense foods, I got all the processed stuff out of there. I wasn't eating any fast food. I wasn't really drinking any alcohol. Not only did I physically release all this weight, which I was super hype about, 
But more than that, it lifted this veil from over my head and it just showed me like, like, wow, like, I didn't know I could feel so good. Like, what else is out there? So I started getting into the meditation, started getting into, you know, building a mindfulness practice, learning about mindfulness and trying to experience it myself. And then even when my mom passed away, that had its own challenges and that had me show up even more powerfully where it's like, okay, now I get to learn more about meeting people where they're at. And that's where compassion started coming in. Empathy, sympathy for myself and others. So all that is to say that once you start delving into some of these different aspects of health, you'll notice that it's going to open up possibilities for other aspects of health to jump up too. And I believe that the healthier we are physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, the better we show up in the world. And the better we show up in the world, the better the world will be. And I believe the world can be better. So I know it starts with me and how I show up, how I take care of myself, the type of messages I'm putting out. So I'm going to continue to do it. I'm going to continue to show up powerfully. I'm going to continue to do all the things I can to help myself and help others. And if I can do it, you can too. Enjoy the rest of your day. I appreciate you. Peace.